Hello and welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 53. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And we've entitled this podcast, Video Killed, the podcasting stars. We have indeed. And what's that a reference to? It's in reference to our national fame. That's right, national fame. Us two, you might have seen our faces before somewhere. If you happen to be watching... Uh, the BBC News at lunchtime, when you probably should have been working or doing something more important. Mm. And when was it? What date was it? Have you got the dates? In, um, can you remember? I, you know what? I can't even remember. It's supposed it, to be I important. Was, you I was struck, to... struck by fame that much. I think it was 29th of January, maybe 30th of January. I will, I will find out. <laughs> um, but we were on the news, weren't we? Uh, and, and, and you, Fisher, thought we'd be pushed down to look local. And we weren't look, look local. Look north. Look north. Which is our local news in Chapel Town. Well, not just Chapel Town, but the Yorkshire. Yorkshire region in general. Um, Fisher thought we'd be relegated to that, but I said, no, I, I don't think so. You know, I think we're going to make national news with this. And we did, didn't we? 29th of January, mm-hmm. 2020. We were there. We finally national hit, news. We finally hit the big time, haven't we? Yep. I mean, we are recording this podcast yeah. again, by the way, if you're, uh, if you're listening I mean, to the audio version. The children are okay now. Um, I'm only joking. That's not what we're on the news for. Uh, no, of course, we were on the news for being regular train moaners, weren't we, basically? Yep. Talking about Northern Rail. Yeah. I think Northern Rail, it was announced they'd lost the franchise at about one o'clock. Yeah. And we appeared on the news by about quarter past one. Exactly. We That's how ready and prepared we were, or not us. The news reporter, yeah. Danny Savage, was, was particularly prepared for it, weren't he? He got his video prepared. Um, yeah. What did you think to the news? Did you watch it? Did you always think to the news report? I thought it was a pretty good news report. Yeah. I'm, a sh- I'm, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed they cut a lot of our material out. Yeah, but particularly the reference to the podcast got cut out, which I thought did, was a did bit we, did, we, did we mention that in the last episode? We did, yes. I, I mentioned the waste of web space and how we crowbarred it in. Um, um, but they didn't leave much good stuff in, really, did they? But... No. I, there was a line that I put in about rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, which managed to stay in. Yeah, they, they love a good soundbite on the news, don't they? A few friends did say that uh, a few people commented that it, it looks like from the freeze, if, you, if you're watching it on silent... Or if you just sort of froze the images, it looks like I am Fisher's lawyer, and Fisher's just managed to get out of court. So, um, I, you've said a few people have said that. I'm, I'm not aware of anyone that's actually said that. I think it was making that <laughs> no, up. No, my friends have said that. It does look like you've just come out of court. Well, but anyway, I haven't. I've so, just been. I've, I'd had another treacherous journey on the Northern Rail tribe. <laughs> But, which is which is just as difficult as coming out of court. But it was no, it was noticeable that yeah. um, come the sort of six o'clock news, yeah. when they'd actually got a chance to go and get more footage. Oh, didn't they didn't appear. bother no. with us, did they? No, I went to Leeds train station instead and talked to people there. So I mean, it got to six o'clock, didn't it? And I, I tweeted to everybody saying, "Watch out, we're going to be on the six o'clock news." Yeah, and we went. So I said, "Never mind, we've probably been relegated to uh, look north." Yeah. Uh, so we, that came on, and we weren't on that either. Weren't on that either, no. And uh, Fisher was hoping we'd be yeah. uh, on at least look Chapel Town, yeah. which is uh, isn't actually a thing. I started I started up to the ten o'clock news. Thought perhaps we'll be on that. No, nah, did you on really that stay up for nah. that? No, we're not on that either. Didn't, didn't make it to that either. But so, never mind. But we still got national news. Yeah. That's the main thing. Did you get? Did anyone message you at the time saying you're on the news? Uh, quite a few. Well. I say about two people did. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Somebody, for me. somebody on LinkedIn of all places. Really? Somebody who'd, who'd seen one of my presentations before on LinkedIn oh. had uh, got in touch with me and yeah. uh, they said they saw me on the news. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad, yeah, of course, because he stays at home watching telly nowadays. He's semi retired. Yeah. Same as your dad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no longer working at Schweppes. Um, no, of course not. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I got text messages from both my mum and my dad and that was it. Yeah. Actually, talk, talking about your dad, um, we've got a new listener to the we, podcast. Have we? Okay. Yeah. My a, dad? No, not your dad. No. Uh, a work colleague of your dad. So. All right, okay. Hello to Pam. Hi, uh, Pam. 
who, uh, who, well, we just waved to her. Um, I think she's actually listening on on the audio version. Yeah, she's not whilst, sat. Whilst driving she's in the she's car. not sat over there. She's yeah. waving to the camera as if she's going to be watching it. But I think even if we do wave to the camera, I think she's purely an audio listener well, as opposed to a video. Well, it's an, it's an audio wave as well in that case then. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I did get I did get recognised though. Okay. I did get recognised for being on the national news. I was in Asda. Beep. Yeah. Beep. Beep. I don't normally make that noise in Asda, but we, just on this we, occasion. We reverse him. <laughs> um, so I was scanning my items, and uh, this fella came over and he went, I've seen you on BBC News, you made mm. national news, you yeah. did. So, you know, I get well recognised by strangers in Asda. So I say strangers, but it's Darren who works in Chapel Town, Asda, who All everybody right. knows. He's more Everyone. famous than us, to be fair, yeah. isn't he? He's a legend, isn't he? Do you know he's got his own racehorse? Has he? He has yeah. got his own racehorse called Sabrina. Really? So he's part of like a... A team racehorsing where they've all got the unknown part of a racehorse. Well, I mean, you said it was... Which part he owns, if he owns one of the legs yeah. or... You won't want to own the mouth, would you? You won't have to be no. responsible for feeding it. Exactly. Or, or the arse ends, he has to like, pick up all his crap <laughs> off the floor from him. Just like, yeah, shoes or something. But if Darren is listening, we'll give him a big shout out as well, shall we? Yeah. Hi, Darren. Hi, Darren. Speaking of Asda, it's also, it's also not long, only like, I think it's something like six, uh, is it six or five, five or six years ago this month mm-hmm. that I um, went viral on Asda's Facebook page because they posted a photo of me in an Asda apron wearing, not well, wearing nothing else but an Asda apron holding up some uh, onion ring onion barges. We should probably point out that the only reason they posted that photo of you naked, barring the fact you're wearing an Asda apron, is because you sent it to them. <laughs> I did, I did, and it caused me a bit of havoc at the time because I was working uh, as a as a as a naked butler, a schools no. liaison officer. Oh right, <laughs> as as uh, as you do, yeah. and um, I was in the school, and a, a, a child went to me. I've seen you naked in an, in an apron mm-hmm. on the Asda website, on the yeah. Asda Facebook page. So I got an email a couple of days later from one of the teachers in the school uh, expressing <laughs> concern. But I had to explain it wasn't that kind of photograph. It mm-hmm. was a jokey, quite close up. Uh, you know, you can't see me bottom you, you arm. You saw some armpits and that was about it. Exactly, yeah. So, But yeah, the whole idea was I was kind of promoting some, some fancy products from Asda. And... Strange, it should come up again. I went for a, a sneak. I went for a little job interview. I did mm-hmm. uh, to place that uh, that kind of that as is a partner of Asda, and uh, I was that excited about it that I actually got out my phone and showed them a picture of me in an Asda apron naked. Oh, well. so in a job interview. Yeah, I, I assume you've not got that job then. What's not it, heard uh, anything back yet. Okay. So that's what uh, surprise that is. That's that anyway. But um, did you see the uh, member of parliament who was speaking um, in the House of Commons the other day? And her the the shoulder on her dress just came I, down a little bit. I did. So she had an exposed shoulder. She had an exposed shoulder. The shock in the of House it. of Parliament. The shock of it. Yeah. And what's she gone and done? She's done a good job of it, and she's gone and auctioned it off. A shit. What a shoulder. No. Well. Right. Uh, oh, the dress. The dress, of yeah. course, and uh, raise, and raise some money for charity from it. Well, so, congrats, well done. Yeah, I think that's a uh, think that's good going. What what's to drink? Well, Fisher, um, you, we both we we were, we were tempting to call this a snot cast, weren't we? Because we've both been ill. Yeah. I mean, you can see we sit in quite close proximity. I think there was a little bit of cross contamination in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Might have to look at the footage and see if anyone sneezed on each other because we've both ended up over the past week or so quite ill, haven't we? Under the weather, yeah. So yeah, um, so I'm not sure what's gone off there, but anyway, um, so what have we got to drink? Here we go. So you, what have you got? got? My, um, I've got this full moon. Can you see that on there? Full moon. Yes, I'll open the bottle, and it is from. Chantry Brewery. It's a pale ale, and it has been a full full moon recently. 
Uh, well, there's generally one every month, so yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of people taking photos of the moon in particular this month because it's really big. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's brewed with um, American and New Zealand hops. It delicately balances flavours of lemon, blackberry, pine and grapefruit. Contains barley and wheat. Mm-hmm. Gotta let people know, aren't they? Um, and it's made at Parkgate in Rotherham. Oh, well, <laughs> so very quite good. a local one for us there. Very local. Uh, there you go. So that's Chant- is it, would you say Chantry or Chantry? Chantry, I think. Chantry. Yeah. There we go. Um, I'll be drinking some Emerge Isotonic Energy Drink. Um, <laughs> Is that brewed just locally? I uh, don't think so, no. It's um, it's just like, well, it's like a cheap version of Lucaside, basically, being it from Costco and stuff. Do, do, um, you know what I found out the other day that I'd never heard before? Iron Brew. Well, do, do you know it's uh, some of it's made in Sheffield? Uh, I didn't know that, no. So, I mean, I know, you know, steel, the city of metal and yeah. all that, and, but Iron Brew. Yeah, it should be stainless steel brew then, shouldn't it? Exactly, you think so. Iron Brew. <laughs> Um, but did you did you do you I was trying to think this other day. I have tasted Iron Brew before, but I can't for the life remember what what taste what it tastes of and what even is it. Uh, it's well, it's a, obviously it's a fizzy drink, but I, th- I think it probably hit a bit of fame a few years ago because um, in the general election in two thousand and fifteen, I think it was, there were a lot of SNP members of Parliament elected, and they had to start ordering more Iron Brew. Because the House of Commons canteen. Scottish, it's a Scottish. Because... The Scottish describe it as their second national drink. Yeah. Behind um, whiskey, Milk. of oh, course. Yeah. Milk. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's a little bit of uh, drink news for you. But th- this is actually very nice. Apparently, like? it has. Apparently, it's an award-winning beer. I, mean, I think they always say that, don't they? Award-winning ales. Four point two percent. Very nice. I would say it does smell quite nice from here. Um, I've still not had a drop to drink yet this year uh, because I've, having completed dry January, which I said I might continue and extend out anyway, I've been unwell, so I've still not had a drink over sort of 40, uh, 42 days. I are think you feeling you can still keep it going or do you think oh, you'll be dropping it soon? I feel I'm doing all right, aside from the fact I feel horrifically unwell, but, <laughs> um, which I don't think is down to lack of alcohol. <laughs> Uh, speaking of beer, do you think um, Nigel Farage is sober yet? I don't know. He's probably. I'm suspecting he was celebrating hard. Yeah. On uh, on the 31st of January. Did you? I mean, we've now we've we've Brexited. We've left the European Union. We, but we still abide by all their we rules. We are now no longer a European podcast. Yeah. Well. But we sort of are still in Europe, which is not exactly. a European Union. Yeah. Okay. Although we still abide by their rules at the moment, don't we? Mm. Um, which means that we're still effectively members of the European Union, except for the fact that we've got no elected representatives to um, fight our case for us. But Do you think podcasts could kind of still register to be part of the European Union? So me and you in this very room could be part of the European Union? Um, what are thoughts? I don't we think you strike a deal with them? Well, there's, there's certain places um, on the Dutch and Belgian border, isn't there, that sort of are part in different countries where land's enclaved. Within mm. it. I don't see what the advantage would be of, for a podcast being in the EU anyway. We don't pay anyone anything anyway, so there's no... Well, they could pay us. Yeah. We want we want frictionless, frictionless listenership with people <laughs> within Europe. So, uh, but did, I mean, when it actually happened, when Brexit happened, mm-hmm. a lot of people set fireworks off. They did. 11 o'clock. Do you know the problem with that is? Um, you're not supposed to set fireworks off, are you really? You can't. You're not allowed to set fireworks off after 11 o'clock unless it's bonfire night, New Year's Day, Chinese New Year, or... Um, My birthday. Di- or Diwali, the Indian oh, um, right, okay. festival of light, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about so, one of the Queen's birthdays? She has got a lot of birthdays. Can you set fireworks off then? Well, you can set it off, just not sort of after 11 o'clock oh, at night. Fair. Well, she'd be in bed anyway, wouldn't she? You can set, you can set fireworks off any time, any, any day. Yeah. Uh, except from after 11 o'clock, well, between 11 at night and I think 6 in the morning, something like that. Right. So, so I could be on Chapel Town Roundabout, mm-hmm. setting a firework off at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, if I wanted to. Um, 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's strictly true, but you would be setting it off at a legitimate time. You might be setting off in a legitimate place. <laughs> you might be, could get done for sort of a public order offence for setting off fireworks in the middle can of a Can somebody find that out for me? Yeah. Uh, I keep mentioning Chapel Town because we are, of course, uh, Chapel Town's number one podcast. Yeah. We named ourselves that because we're pretty sure there are no other Chapel Town podcasts. If, if so, you're aware of any Chapel Town podcasts, then please do get in touch with us. And then we'll happily cool. take second place. Yeah. <laughs> we'll not argue about it, will we? We'll, we'll just, just take it automatically, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So what's uh, what's been going on in the news this week, anyway? Um, uh, I don't know. What, what do you want to start with? Uh, Nicholas I mean, Parsons has died. Yeah. The Just a Minute host. Just a Minute host. So, how do um, you feel about that? I feel like it, belo- it means we should have some sort of game where you talk about Nicholas Parsons' life. For one minute. For just a minute. And or, try and do it without hesitation, repetition or deviation. Yes, I, I, that, that sounds like a good idea that wasn't pre-planned. Okay. So, uh, you've got one minute. Uh, I'm going to start the stopwatch, Okay. Um, which will probably be backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall I hold it up to the screen? Are you, are you ready? Are you ready to go for it? Yep. Your minute starts now. Well, I'm going to talk about Nicholas Parsons for just a minute without hesitation, repetition or deviation. He hosted uh, just a minute. Oh, I've repeated just a minute already. That's terrible, isn't it? He hosted that particular Radio 4 programme since 1967 for well over 50 years. And during the first 950 episodes, he never missed a programme. Fellow people who appeared on there included Derek Nimmo, Kenneth Williams, Peter Jones, Clement Freud, although I can't really mention him, thanks to Project Utree. And more recently, people like Paul Merton, Graham Norton, Tony Hawks. And it's a great institutional radio show. Aside from that, he also appeared on Sale of the Century uh, with its famous slogan, and now live from Norwich, where he tried to get people to buy toasters for a certain amount of money. And also it was that particular programme that was the first time that Simon Cowell appeared on UK television. And what a shame he also appeared again a few years later on other things like The X Factor and Pop Idol. Uh, Also, uh, something well known about this particular former presenter of the Radio 4 programme is that his father was a general practitioner from Grantham. Very, very good. I enjoyed that. That was uh, an interesting little uh, tribute to Nicholas Parsons. Do you want to try finish that, what I was talking about? Uh, yeah, go on. So he's... So just a minute and ten just seconds. Just a minute and a bit more. Um, so his father was allegedly a general practitioner uh, from Grantham. And do you know who famously comes from Grantham? Probably the most famous person born in Grantham in the last hundred years. Leslie Grantham. Not Leslie Grantham. Oh. No, that would be good though, wouldn't it? Maybe, yeah. yeah. Leslie from Grantham. Uh, Maggie Thatcher. Of course. Um, from Grantham. So obviously it's born in the same place as Nicholas Parsons. And it's, it's alleged that um, Nicholas Parsons' father also helped to deliver Margaret Thatcher. And what a shame it wasn't uh, the case that he shoved her back in. Well, <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think it's actually true. I know, it I only meant that deliver to Downing Street, deliver her from the, uh, yeah, from, sorry, from, from the from, birth from, canal? Or... Yes, from, from the birth, birth canal right, uh, okay. is what I meant. Uh, but I don't think I don't think it's true that that was actually the case that he, he was uh, he did deliver Margaret Thatcher. But I think he was the family general practitioner. Well, I enjoyed that. That oh, was a lot much. of information about Nicholas Parsons in 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 a minute, in, yeah. as would be the style. It's it's a shame that I've re- repeated just a minute but on the, on the first few sentences few as seconds. well. So what what would have happened on the radio show then? Someone would have buzzed in and they'd have started talking on the subject. Oh, and they've carried on speaking about it, yeah. Uh, what for the rest of the minute, or do they have a full minute as well? Well, they go for the rest of the minute, and then oh, obviously, right. if they don't manage it with twenty seconds to go, someone will buzz in. They'll speak for the last twenty seconds. Oh, um, well, I should have been ready then. Shouldn't I have to buzz. You should have been, yeah. But never, never I don't know as much about Nicholas Parsons as what you do. Uh, well, yeah, interesting. That he used to hold the world record. You know what for? For for talking for a minute non-stop without. Not quite. For 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 quite the opposite. Okay. Uh, well, actually, no, not not the opposite. Something an extension of that. He held the world record for the world's longest after dinner speech. Right. Okay. He, him and Giles Brandreth kind of got involved in a competition where they kept breaking the record from each other, and it was <laughs> it was declared a tie eventually. I wouldn't want to be at uh, those dinners. 
with two very old, boring men yeah. speaking. It's good job it weren't a before in the speech. You'd be starving, <laughs> wouldn't you? Uh, anyway, <laughs> what, what are we going to go with next? What else has been happening? Should we, should we, should we talk a bit of football? A bit of what? Well, a, a bit of banter bit of about footy football. Bant. Yeah, what should we... We, you know, we love our bants, don't we? We, we do love our, our football banter. But yeah. apparently, if you work in an office, yeah. you've got to be careful if you give out uh, footy banter. You have. Because you have. apparently it can make people feel left out if they don't like football. It can make feel very people feel very, very extremely excluded mm-hmm. when uh, people talk about football. I mean, it happened to me the other day. I was sat there in the office and, you know, I'd been probably about quiet for about four hours and when the Love Island chatter stopped, mm-hmm. I just nipped in with a bit of, did you see the football last night? And I, my God, I got shot down oh, from dear. a mighty height for talking <laughs> a bit about football. I should have thought about who was around and mm-hmm. been a lot more inclusive. Yeah, exactly. To be fair, I, I, what do you think about Love Island anyway? Uh, no, we're not, we're not talking about, <laughs> about Love Island. But it's, it's a hard topic in the office. I mean, people are saying... What, Love Island? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and football. And football, football. Yeah. The person who was talking about it, um, I can't remember what the what the lady's name was, but she said when people are having conversations about VAR, people can feel left out, and it can be it can cause a lot of uh, upset in the office and a lot of disagreement. I think well, I agree because um, in our office we're a bit split as to whether VAR is rubbish or terrible. <laughs> you know, we, we just can't make our minds up, and it causes divisions. I mean, there is a bit of truth in it, isn't it? I think I I don't think I don't think the way forward is banning football talk. Do you not think it's um, a, a touchline ban? Yeah. <laughs> just give it a yellow card. You have to stand outside the office, and you can't actually come into work. You've got to just stand outside. Just sit there, sit yeah, on the mobile phone outside, and yeah, bring in yellow and red cards instead, maybe, or send you to the sin bin. Do what Jose Mourinho did that time and get, get inside the laundry bin and get pushed into the changing rooms. Yeah, um, but I, I think there's probably actually a skill involved in when you're speaking to people, actually speaking to them about things that they like and they have an interest. Yeah, in. Yeah, I think it's about trying to yeah sort of be aware of who's around you and not being too over the top with it i don't think yeah. you can have people controlling conversations and hmm. that's a dangerous world isn't it it is yeah if people are going to start actually banning certain types of conversations yeah you know so should we move on should we talk about um let's talk about boobs and tits um, okay. no, i'm joking <laughs> definitely yeah so let's let's talk about the home secretary now a lot of people during the um, election campaign were saying how can we how could we possibly have diane abbott being home secretary so we've not got Diane Abbott, so we've got Priti Patel, mm-hmm. um, who was the Conservative Party's Home Secretary. And there was a terrorist incident in, I think it was Streatham in London, um, just over a week ago, uh, where someone who'd previously been locked up had, uh, bought, a, I think, bought a kitchen knife from a shop or taken a kitchen knife from a shop. I hope he bought it. I mean, I'd be, it'd be, I'd be really annoyed if he actually stole the kitchen knife and used it to commit an offence. Should have bought it. Should have bought it as opposed to stealing it, because that's two offences that's committed yeah. there. And uh, it started stabbing people, and uh, Pretty Patel, the home secretary, went on TV. And do you, know, do, you know what, do you know what I found out about Pretty Patel? She doesn't know the difference between terrorism and counter-terrorism. <laughs> she said, this person has been arrested and locked up previously on counter-terrorism offences. <laughs> so, 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 so on anti-terrorism offences. Counter- so, so they're saying he's, he's been trying to... He's been he's been locked up for trying to prevent terrorism. Yes, yes, so, absolutely. Right, okay. And then uh, she said, "And we're doing more in terms of counterterrorism, protecting the victims of counterterrorism." Uh. <laughs> and she said, she, "It's not just kind of you, you can say things accidentally sometimes, can't you?" But she said it in the interview about eight or nine times. So you're, definitely... only, you're only the home secretary, aren't you? You, mean, yeah. you know what, what? What kind of what kind of important job is that? Um, but afterwards, she said that she had to dash off because she wants to go to the chemist to go and buy some wrinkle cream. All right, yeah. uh, Just to make herself look a bit younger. And then uh, <laughs> there was a problem with the computer, uh, so she needs to update the virus software on there <laughs> just to make sure it's all right. But yeah, uh, that's, uh, so yes, that, that, that amused me this week. Yeah. Um, um, so, I mean, speaking about sort of uh, our MPs and politicians and so on, there's been a bit of a confusion, hasn't there? 
recently in uh, was it was it a news a news art a news report, weren't it? I think that somehow managed to confuse two some, some Labour MPs, two Labour MPs. Well, yes, uh, there were two Labour MPs. Uh, there was a Labour MP who was talking on the news, um, and I've got the names written down here. Um, Hang on, where where are we? Here we go. Um, <laughs> not um, mixed up, Fisher. <laughs> well, well, I've not I've not got names mixed up because I don't I don't know what the names are in the first place. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'm 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 not discriminating against yeah. anyone there. I just don't know who they are. Um, so the BBC Parliament Channel briefly mistook Marsha de, de Cordova for Dawn Butler in an on-screen caption during the debate on Monday uh, a, a few weeks ago. And obviously that's quite an embarrassing mistake to make. And but sometimes live TV sort of mistakes happen. Um, I think they apologised later on. Uh, however, that night, the Evening Standard decided to report on it. And do you know what they did? They put a photo up there of a completely different MP. <laughs> it was Bel, Bel Ribeiro Addy. So they, so, so they got it wrong as well? They got it wrong as well. Right, OK. So that was a bit uh, a bit embarrassing. But in, in, in terms of MPs being in the news, have you seen about David Cameron? Yeah. He's, uh, uh, he, well, I was, I, the, what you told me about David Cameron just before the podcast, but the fact he still has to have armed guards following him. He has to knows. have armed, armed guards. Well, uh, yeah, he has to have armed protection officers still. Apparently mm. all prime ministers do, as part of stopping being a prime minister, uh, the Metropolitan Police still provide armed protection. For? Uh, 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 I believe so, yeah. Really? Yeah. What, so John Major still got somebody following him around with Gordon Brown? Uh believe so, yeah. Um, Seems quite... Uh, I don't know. A bit of a. Do you think it's needed? Um, I don't know. Possibly not for John Major or Gordon Brown. I mean, I can see Cameron. David Cameron might need it for a long time after yeah. the, the whole Brexit thing he <laughs> kicked off. After, but after his mistakes. Um, but yeah, apparently he, he was on a plane. <laughs> his armed guard and his armed guard went to the toilet, came back to his seat, and forgot that he'd left his passport, David Cameron's passport, and a gun in the toilet. <laughs> Um, it was a bit embarrassing when we went to the toilet in the first place because David Cameron had been there with a pig anyway. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, he, he sort of walked back to his seat and forgot that he got a, got a gun in there. And then the next person to go in went to the toilet and thought, oh, there's a gun in the form of Prime Minister's passport here. You think the uh, air hostess walked in and went, went into the toilet and went, oh, it's loaded. <laughs> it's loaded in here. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, that's a bit embarrassing. But then that's how I suppose so David Cameron, right? He, he left his kid in the pub once, didn't he? So yeah. you know, he, can't, he, he can hardly take the moral high ground on that from. Mm. Well, Explosive poos, anyway. Yes. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a, another thing here, then. So, Jermaine Jenis has been sort of predicted as the future replacement for Gary Lineker because he's done a little bit of replacement work for Gary Lineker. Can't he, like, stepped in for Gary Lineker. Does he, he start talking is, about is politics it, on Twitter all the time? Possibly, maybe. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's, he's he's replaced Gary Lineker for, was it one episode or something like is that? It? Has it been done yet or is it to, be, to happen soon? But because of that, people are saying that he's potentially the future replacement for Gary Lineker. Is he going to be... Is, he, is Gary Lineker on winter break the same as the Premier League? It could is be that, the case, Because yeah. there's only a couple of games... Each week now, isn't there, sir? Yeah, I think they're doing the break, but they're doing it in two halves. Mm. It's a it's a it's a game of two halves, as they say in football. Half the teams play one week and have a break next week, and half the teams had a break and then they're playing the next week. And if he's replacing him on on match of the day, does he have to replace him on the crisp adverts as well? I don't. I don't think he takes over his entire life. I don't you think. He's, I don't think he's got to be a, acts as a father to sort of four children and all he, that sort of stuff. He's called it Salt and Lineker, didn't they? Yeah, and it'd be like um, cheese, cheese, genus and. No? No. And no. onions? No, that's not going to work, is it? Can you remember, I remember Smokey Beckham that time. Yeah. Yeah. Cheese and Owen. There was Cheese and Owen. Cheese and Owen, Smok- yeah. Was Smokey Beckham, Beckham actually, everything? I I, actually, Smokey Beckham might not have ever made it. Yeah. It might be a bit too a bit too classy to, to do that. Can't imagine saying David Beckham's too classy to do something. Definitely going to have to think of a crisp fla- flavour for hmm. Jermaine Genius, though. Yeah, that'll be... 
anyone would like to write in and get in touch with us, and that'd be a, a, an opportunity. Any contribution moment. to the show is yeah. much appreciated. Uh, they're also looking for a new voice of Peppa Pig, so potentially mm. Jermaine Jennings could step in there as well. Yeah. Well, no, no, Gary Lineker now is not going to work today. Well, there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah but the person, the person who plays the voice of Peppa Pig, I think she's about eighteen, and she's been doing it since she was four or five years old. Yeah, and I remember seeing a story not long ago. Um, that this this girl who plays the voice and my daughter's a massive fan of Peppa Pig, mm-hmm. loves Peppa Pig. I have to watch Peppa Pig all the bloody time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the girl who plays Peppa Pig's voice, uh, so just a voiceover artist, mm-hmm. uh, when she turned eighteen, one of the newspapers, let us guess, probably the Sun, mm-hmm. um, did a news article about look here she is, voice of Peppa Pig looks unrecognisable as she hits the <laughs> town. Like, what did they expect to look like? Did they expect it to be like a big pig? Have <laughs> a big pink face and both both eyes on the side of her head like Peppa Pig. I don't know what they're imagining, but anyway, yeah, that I, I remember that um, being quite a, a memorable thing. And do you want to fit? Oh, there's a couple of things I want to finish on, but seeing as we are obviously in Sheffield, there's been a news story recently, hasn't there? Oh, about sh- a chef, yeah, a Sheffield Sheffield bus driver, retired bus driver. Yeah. Um. So he was a retired bus driver, and he went to some sort of. Was it like a re- staff reunion sort of thing? No, no. He bumped into he bumped into the man is called Len Whiffin, who's eighty one years old, and we thought we'd give it a bit of publicity just in yeah. case his uh, his potential beau is listening to this, um, which is very very unlikely. Quite unlikely. Yeah, uh, with, he thinks he thinks he's living in a care home, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you never know. Could be big in care homes. Us. Uh, Len Whiffin, who's eighty one, met his former colleague May. Completely by chance at the bottom of the moor in Sheffield on a Wednesday afternoon in May last year. All so right. she's called May, and he met her in May. So yeah. So shame. Uh, imagine if she could have been called June, April, but yeah, she's called May. And they met her in May last year, and they kind of hit it off, didn't they? They, they sort of had a bit of a Duff. sort of reminiscing, Duff. laughing and joking. They worked together for South South, uh, South York's Transport in the nineteen seventies, and they met up and they had a great time, had a fantastic time. Um, and when they said goodbye, she asked for a kiss, but he didn't. He, he was, was a bit too, too embarrassed. Sh- he was too shy. He didn't, he? Uh, didn't give her a kiss. So it's something he regrets. But now every Wednesday afternoon, he goes back to the same spot in the hope of seeing her again. Because um, he just can't get in touch with her, so he's, he's he's waiting around there. Isn't that sweet for the um, you know fairly stalkerish kind of fella uh, waiting <laughs> yeah, around for that if lady? We, if we did that, there'd be questions asked, wouldn't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can get away with it if you're a bit older and uh, and you've got the right intentions. But of course, we do hope he uh, he finds her. We do, and maybe just in time for Valentine's Day. Oh, wouldn't that be wouldn't great? Wouldn't that be nice? So that on a overly commercialised. Uh, Basically, hallmark day of the year. Mm. He can uh, go and, and meet his, his long-lost lover, long-lost yeah. person he really likes. Well, that'd be great. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and then to finish with, just a couple of stories. So I saw these two stories on the same day. Uh, so first of all, PG Tips might be selling up because apparently tea sales, traditional tea sales, are declining. Mm. Well, things like peppermint tea and uh, all the other sort of fancy teas and so mm. on, uh, specialist teas, they're on the rise. Traditional tea... Black tea is on the decline. Really? And that's because of things like coffee and so on as well. And on the same day, I saw that PG Tips... Uh, sorry, not PG, PG tips. tips. I saw that, um, what they call them, the Tate Modern are advertising a job for the head of coffee. Head of coffee? So coffee's on the rise. They're even advertising for jobs like the head of coffee, while PG Tips is on the decline. What does the head of coffee involve? Purchasing coffee and bring it? Do you have to make coffee? Do you just buy it? Do you taste it, test I, it? I presume so, but it doesn't sound like a bad job, does it? Well, it depends whether you like coffee or not. It's the kind of thing that could keep you awake at night. Um, but yeah, PG tips. Yeah, you know. oh, the kind of thing that keeps you awake at night. Oh, Coffee's right, high right. in caffeine. Come okay, on. Come I, on. I'll follow up anyway. Yeah. So, um, that brings me on to our next feature. All right, okay. Are you ready? 
What, what, what do you want? Do you want some sort of game show or something? Uh, I'd like a symbol for that uh, acknowledgement of uh, the coffee keeping up at night, yeah. There we go. Uh, let's go for a game show theme. Okay. Too serious. Too serious? Yeah. Optimistic? Yeah, go for that. Okay. Welcome to... Whose job is it anyway? Whose See, job is it anyway? I thought of that on the spot. Yeah. yeah. Whose job is it anyway? Which is another improvised um, radio programme. Is Similar it? to just a minute, yeah. All oh, right, okay. Whose job is it anyway? Uh, well, whose line is it anyway? I was going to say. Sent so. by Clive Anderson. Yeah, so what I thought is that that's a right, quite random job, isn't it? Head of coffee. Yep. At um, Tate Modern. So I thought I would find what other random jobs are out there. And you've got to... We've got, I was going to say, do you want to guess if these jobs are real or fake? But actually, it was harder to find fake jobs, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I thought what we'd do is do a bit of a higher or lower thing. And you've got to try and guess... The job after it, if it's a higher wage or a lower wage than the one before it. But we'll have a quick chat about the jobs. So it's like playing Bruce's... Uh, play your cards right, Bruce Forsyth, is it? It is, yeah. Play your jobs right. Yeah. Harder seven, harder seven. <coughs> I've had to do a lot of uh, currency converting as well, because a lot of these jobs were... The, the wages were... Uh, they were written by um, American articles that I found the information from, so they mm-hmm. were in US dollars to kind of show how much that is. But obviously, that's different to the UK. So I've done a bit of currency converting for us as well. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to read a job out, uh, and you can sort of have a guess what that job involves, mm-hmm. and then start off by guessing the wage per year, and then we'll go from there, and you can guess whether the next one's higher or lower. Okay. okay. So your first job then, Panda Nanny. Panda Nanny. What do you think a Panda Nanny does? Uh, I think they look after police cars. No, I think they, uh, well, I think they look after pandas. Uh, although if it goes out of control, then you get complete and utter pandemonium. Mm-hmm. Um, is this something that you might get Edinburgh Zoo? Because there's a couple of pandas there, aren't there? Yeah. Um, um, is it something that maybe happens in China? A lot of pandas in China? Um, you might end up with the coronavirus if you're there at the moment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think we look after, I think look after pandas, basically. Yeah, so it was a ch- the, the China Giant Panda Protection and Research Centre in Yarn, Sichuan Province. I think okay. I said that right. Uh, in China. Um, you've got the, the, the... That's what they do. They basically look after pandas. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sort of requirements were that you've got to be at least 22. Yeah. I don't know why. I've no idea why. <laughs> pandas like 22-year-olds in particular. No idea why. And have basic knowledge of pandas no oh. no yeah pandas yeah, yeah basic knowledge it would help pandas. yeah 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 ba- all your basic knowledge if you're looking after i'm sure mm-hmm. you want an advanced knowledge mm-hmm. if, if so, there was ever a job that requires some kind of advanced panda knowledge it should be that wouldn't it yeah and all you need is a basic one we've got pandas in the uk do you know in edinburgh yeah. zoo i just said that. Is that did you say that yeah sorry that's how much i listen to you see i don't yeah. even listen to this sound no one listens to us i don't even listen to him yeah. so when we're here but um pandas like traditionally were known for not being able to be very good at having sex and breeding, weren't they? Well, they're a bit slow at things, I suppose, aren't they? But then over the last few years, they have kind of got better at it, haven't they? There's not so much of a, a panda shortage anymore. They're not as endangered. They are endangered, but they're not as endangered as they were. They're kind of all over the place. I think I saw someone chat Bridge the other day. <laughs> but they're all over the place, aren't they? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure it's that much of a black and white. <coughs> all right, okay. Uh... Well, one of the pandas is particularly... Uh, the one, one of them at China, in the China Panda Protection Agency is particularly known for being quite horny. Would you know? Right, okay. Yeah. Often eats shoots and leaves. Hey. hey! There we go. An oldie. An oldie but a goldie, of course. And, and give himself another symbol because that weren't yeah, loud enough. Okay. Thank you. you. So, yeah, that one. How much do you think they earn then, a panda nanny? 
in China, I don't think China will pay as well as other places. I think they probably per earn the, year. Per year, I think they probably earn the equivalent of fifteen thousand pounds a year. It's actually twenty five thousand pounds really? per year. It's not a bad bad job for looking at bad wage for looking after pandas. Yeah. Is it? It's a great. I mean, the, only the, basic knowledge. The best well. thing of it is is looking after the pandas, not necessarily the wage. Is it? It's the, mm-hmm. doing the panda job. I mean, everyone needs to earn money, but you know. There you go. Next then, water slide tester. I mean, it's fairly self-explanatory, but you want to give it a bit more guess, a bit more about what they might do, what it involves? Well, I suppose it depends where the water's coming from. Uh, they shout wee when they're going down. Um, so I presume you sit on a water slide and go down it. Yeah. Uh, and your career will go down. Your career will go downhill faster than. Uh, yeah. Um, so I presume they get to some of these. Have you ever been to a water park? I have. Yeah. Which one have you been to? Uh, have you been to Siam Park in Tenerife? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think I have actually. Yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah. day out there. Yeah, I, would, yeah. I would highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's a really good day. I mean, that, out of the water parks I've been to, that's easily the best one. Yeah. And I imagine if you're testing water slides there, that would be very good. So I think I think that's effectively what you do. You go to these specific water parks and just go down on the slides. There you go. And yeah. I think I don't think you will get a particularly massive weight for that because it's hardly skilled is it all you need to do is just like you know obey the laws of gravity so you're thinking it might be a bit of a sort of kamikaze career move maybe yeah I think you may be getting <laughs> I think you may be getting uh, uh, do I have to try and guess a wage or just yeah, higher, yeah. higher so or the, lower the last one was £25,000 so you can go higher and give a wage if you want I think to. it's low I think it's going to be lower I think we're probably talking about 18000 It's higher, so £26,000 they can earn a year. And it's basically, uh, yeah, you kind of travel around different holiday resorts around the world, oh, right. testing water slides and reviewing mm-hmm. them, a bit like a critic, so you kind of give it a rating based on adrenaline, mm-hmm. uh, based on the splash, based mm-hmm. on the speed, and all of that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. Right. Um, I once got pooed on at a water park. Not right, by okay. a person, yeah. obviously, a bird, but anyway. Yeah, so flying down the slide. and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next then. So this was a job... Um... So was that the land on top of <laughs> So this was found advertised on a website, philipschofield.co.uk. <laughs> Snake milker. I'm, I'm only joking, of course. Uh, we didn't mention oh, Philip Schofield no, today, we did we? can't say that. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I'm joking. So, come on. Let's go. Snake milker. What do they earn? I don't, well, you expect that's quite a specialist job, isn't it? I yeah. mean... Because I, I I I don't like snakes yeah. uh, at all. Very. Uh, Can you tell us what they might do? Well, presumably milk the snake, but I don't quite know. Can you show us how they might milk a snake? No, we've got the camera. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I, I don't know where they milk them from. Where the milk comes out? <laughs> do they have mammary glands, snakes? Because not mammals, are they? Do they I lay don't eggs? Know. Apparently, they've got two penises. Have they? Yeah. I sure? don't think that's what they're milking. I'm yeah. just saying that, but. Uh... Are you sure they sure have not got one penis and the other one is just the snake itself? <laughs> um, I, I think I think that would be I think that'd be higher because it's so dangerous. You pay a premium for it. Okay. Yeah. Higher. Higher. You are correct. So a snake milker, um, they actually what they do is they extract venom from snakes, uh, which is for them producing antivenoms and for medical research. So oh, right, okay. They're not uh, the snakes. Are, it's all done environmentally friendly, so it's mm. not. It's not anything animal. Well, it, it, I got this information from an environmental website, so I, right. I think it's it, it's something that they do for certain reasons of looking for venom to protect against real venom, and then they use it for medical research. But the snakes are all looked after properly and all that kind of thing. Apparently, that's what I've known. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what it's for, and they earn. So you went on snakemilkers.com to try and find this out. <laughs> Sixty thousand pounds per year they can oh, okay. earn, and obviously, yeah, there's a, obviously a bit of risk involved that job sometimes, yeah. depending on what snakes you're working with and so mm. on. So, well, they... not for it. tend not to have a reputation of being very friendly. This is like, exactly, so, yeah. yeah. 
next uh, then. Should we talk about Philip Schofield or not? We can do if Just... you want, yeah. I mean, it's a very, very brave thing for him to do, yeah. of course. Um, although I did find the uh, it, it, it quite, you know, how many other people like me thought, oh, here we go, they're inviting Eamon Holmes on, what the hell's he going to say, <laughs> you know? Do you know? Do you know what he did say, Eamon Holmes? Yeah. He said, um, he said, well, when when, when they said Philip had got an announcement, um, he said, when they said, well, I'm, I'm not doing an impression, I'm not very good at doing an impression of Eamon Holmes. So when they said Philip had got an announcement, I thought, well, maybe he's going to resign. And I'll be able to do this show four days a week. Because <laughs> he did it on Friday. He doesn't even work on a Friday. Philip Schofield came in a special on his day off, right? Okay. Just to be interviewed by Holly Willoughby, who yeah. wasn't meant to be working either. He meant to be yeah. with Langsford and Eamon Holmes doing it on, yeah. on a Friday. So well, there you go. Um, but yeah, um, very brave of him to do so, hmm? and uh, I'm sure he's done a lot for the LGBTQ plus and anything else because it it does change quite quickly, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, community. So yeah, I think he's uh, I think it's a very brave thing for him to do. Um, but yeah. Anyway, mo- moving on. Moving on. So next then, a famous cat agent. Cat. You've got a cat, haven't you? I've got a cat. Is it famous? Nope. Does it need an agent? Nope. Okay. Uh, she needs someone to feed her. And that's about it. I think that's all she's really bothered about. Because mm-hmm. um, there are famous cats, aren't there? I, mean, yeah. I think we mentioned a few weeks ago, Carl Logfelder got a very famous cat. Um, so I don't know if he had an agent for for his cat. Um, I think it could be a potentially lucrative... Yeah, you, you can get millions of pounds for uh, sort of cats doing work. So I think it. I think you could get a lot, but at the same time, it's probably an enjoyable job. So I'm going to say you get less than £60,000 for it. Less? Less. Long. Well, I mean, I suppose it's how good you are as an agent with this one, really. Oh, yeah. But the example that I've got, a man called Ben Lashes. Um, he was the agent for Grumpy Cat. You remember Grumpy oh, Cat? Right, okay, Grumpy now Cat, dead, yeah. uh, so won't be earning much money off it anymore. Um, <laughs> but actually, he got twenty percent of of its sort of um, fees, and it, and it earned. Well, we've got the other eighty well, percent. It earned two million dollars. Well, the the owners probably. Oh, okay. But it earned two million dollars. The cat. And then he took twenty percent of it, so I'm no no wonder it was grumpy. That's yeah. quite a big cut, I think. Mm. Um, so that for him would have been in English terms, um, that twenty percent would have been one hundred and fifty four thousand pounds. But that was just one client. He also had other clients, um, which I can't remember the names of, but different people who were a bit gimmicky and sort of internet stars and stuff like that. Really, Justin Bieber. Yeah, there you go. Kind of thing. <laughs> Next, then a bed tester. Oh, well, now plenty of people who do this. Um, <laughs> so uh, do, uh, do you think this is just it generally involves lying in bed all day and seeing how comfortable the bed is? Well, it was Travel Lodge who advertised uh, for a director of sleep who would actually be able to nap as part of their job to test the quality of the bed and the pillows. So you actually need to sleep, not just lay on it and test it. You'd actually have to sleep in it to That's test the quality of your sleep. Probably the, the only time. way you get me into a Travel Lodge, to be fair. Um, <laughs> I th- uh, a di- do you say a director of sleep? That, that, that implies you're getting quite a lot of money for it. I mean, it's it's one of those skills. I mean, is your opinion the right one? Do, do you maybe have you might have a different body that might sort of view certain things to be comfortable that different people would think were uncomfortable? So, but I think because you're a director, I think you get more than that. I think you get actually no. You said grumpy cat gets about 154. I think less. Less. You think less? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be less than that, isn't it? So there you go. Oh no, you got it right. Yeah, there you go. I think you might still get a reasonable amount of money for that. Yeah, you get uh, forty-one thousand pounds per year. That mm. one was uh, that one was going for that job. And three hundred and sixty-five days annual leave by the sounds of it. <laughs> Next, then, uh, professional pusher. Do you know what one of these is? Um, you should. This well, is very Nic- close to link to our Nic- struggles. Well, Nicholas Parsons' father, I think, was uh, involved in this, wasn't he, uh, for delivering babies? Is that right? All oh, right. Okay. No. Um, professional pusher. Uh, is it something to do with pushing trains? 
not pushing trains. Oh, is it pushing people onto trains? Pushing people onto trains, into, in, uh, particularly in India, I think it's quite popular. In videos, yeah, that? Japan, uh, yeah. they have them. So this is a this is J- the, um, Japanese um, rules that we've, we've yeah. I've used here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so professional pushers, yeah, they get people onto trains when they're so packed. We do need them in Chapel Town, to be fair, don't mm-hmm. we? So. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't think you'll get paid that much. It's hardly a skilled job, is it? Just shoving people into a... and treating them with sort of no respect whatsoever. Um, so I think that... I don't think you get... I think you get less than that. No. Nope. You're correct. Sorry about that. Nearly got it wrong there. So, yeah, you are correct. You get less than that. But actually, it's only two hours work per day, so they've probably really? got other jobs. Surely rush hour, rush hour work. Yeah, basically, like, mm. seven, well, nine o'clock. And they, I don't know what they do about rush hour so what on about my home. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they, they push everybody on the train, and then they go. So, like, really, that's, like, £8 something an hour. So, mm-hmm. roughly works at about £4,000 a year if you're mm-hmm. working most weeks. Yeah. Uh, £4,000 per year for that one. I wonder if people actually are professional pushers whilst they're on the way to their actual job. If they what, sorry? Can, can, it, can commuters not take on that role of pushing people onto the train well, and no, they get on the The commuters end? can't get on the train then, can they? Well, they push, push people in that sufficiently well that they can get in themselves. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. They need to be pushed on so the doors can shut, so they right. have to shut the doors around them. Hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's great now, isn't it? You know, talking that Northern Rail are going to lose their uh, franchise yeah. on the 1st of March. They've officially be giving it up. We've been so, yeah. taken by over hmm. by the government. So, But it's also a bit sad that we'll not have anyone uh, to moan at about... I mean, there'll be a new Twitter account, won't there? Yeah, possibly. We'll look forward to yeah. messaging that. I mean, we'll have someone new to moan at. We, I mean, we never moan about the government to anything, do we? About oh, anything, exactly, and they'll yeah. be looking after the trains now as well. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, okay, next one then. So, that's the professional pusher. Uh, what about an armpit sniffer? Um, an armpit? Well, oh, yeah. That's, that's do you know what job. they might do? I think, I wonder if they might test deodorant. Good guess. Is that, is that, is that yeah, right? antiperspirants. Yeah, um, which... I'm not sure you have to be... How, how, how close do you have to get to people's arms? Oh, very to... close from the pictures I've seen. Right, okay. Um, you've not been on snakemilker.com again, have you? Um, <laughs> no, uh, I think... So I, I think they must get paid more than that, cause it's not a very nice job, is it, smelling people's armpits? So you think they so... get paid more than the £4,000 a year a yeah. train pusher would get? Okay. Yeah. You'll be correct. Well done. Uh, for them, it works out about £14,000 per year. For, Fair enough. Yeah, for, for sort of uh, testing anti... Like, sniffing people's armpits and so mm. on. 14,000 a year, is that about minimum wage? Um, Probably around that, I think, yeah. Yeah, mm. if you were doing it full-time, yeah. obviously minimum wage. Uh, next then, professional mermaid, or merman, of course. Um, yeah. Uh, so, does this... Well, obviously, mermaids don't exist, so you know, there aren't people who are half-person, half-fish. Well, they're professional. They don't just exist, they're professional. Well, you can be professional without actually... Well, you can professionally intimidate that, can't you? I suppose. Um, I think that... So does this probably involve going to sort of children's parties and stuff dressed as a mermaid and appearing as is it Ariel? In... It's swim parties in swim... particular. So right. yeah, they actually have they actually go swimming as a mermaid. Yeah, and with swim the parties. Yeah. So I, th- I think you probably I don't think you get paid that much. I think it's be lower than the fourteen thousand. Okay, well you would be surprised. Actually, no, actually, if the most professional ones, the most popular ones, are getting like thirty-five grand per year because they're so popular uh, and they're quite expensive as well. Next, then, watching paint dry. So, married of married uh, dad of uh, one, Keith Jackson, had his job for thirty years. He might still have this job, uh, but he was basically working for a paint producing company to test and time how long it took paint to dry. Mm-hmm. It's an important job, really. Oh, well, everyone's got to everyone's got to do it. Um, exactly, yeah. Well, not everyone's got to do he it. He also watched Sheffield Wednesday every weekend. <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking. And, and often shouts out, "Get me a tin of paint." <laughs> um, I, th- I, it's hard to know. Skilled job is it? Just sitting there watching paint dry. But yeah, so someone has to do it. So I think it's going to be less than the professional mermaid. 
So you would be correct, yeah. Not a bad wage though. Thirty-one thousand pounds I've got down for that one. Yeah. Really? Yeah, pay, yeah. There you go. But there's a lot of testing involved in it, not just simply watching it. He has to do a lot of analysing. He has to paint it on there in the first place. Exactly, yeah. Next then, professional cuddler. So I found this job at www. It's a decommissioning website now. Uh, Jimmy Savile. Dot. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, next, uh, yeah. So professional cuddler. What do you think? Uh, I think this could be a job. I think. Do you think people might do that in sort of in London and go around and sort of try and motivate people by giving them free hugs? Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I think I don't think it'd be very well paid. I think it'd be less than the paint paint dryer. Yeah. Well done. So you're looking there um, at about sort of top wage, really, of about sort of 16 grand per year, if you're particularly good at it. But uh, I suppose, again, it, there is a bit of a new article here where some people have been describing themselves as professional cuddlers, but not doing much cuddling. Really? And doing a little bit more than cuddling. Oh, right. So okay. they're quite high well, like, they're yeah. quite well paid, but uh, it's, I don't think it's mm. a legal role right, anyway. Okay. But uh, that's it. So just a few more. that I'm not going to ask you to guess things on, but a couple more jobs I found I want to mention. You can uh, hire a professional queuer to work for you. So that's someone who oh. queues up, whether that's waiting to oh, purchase right. the latest gadget or queuing at the post office. Yep. Um, uh, and they'll play snooker for you. Yeah, yeah. You can, uh, that's £14 an hour, that job. Uh, you can, uh, there was a job for an alibi provider. <laughs> so you can go on a website and get an alibi. So yep. if you need an alibi, which I don't know how that would yeah. be legal, particularly in some wouldn't it just make sense for the police to actually run that website and see who's going on it and try well, and get an alibi for it? Unless it was like, you know, if it was people who needed an alibi for where they were, like, on yeah, if they were up to no good and somewhere they yeah. shouldn't have been and, you know, all that kind of thing, like, you know, that kind of stuff. In a, in, in a civil matter as opposed to a criminal matter. Yeah, domestic yeah. matter, yeah. maybe, yeah. Uh, and then also an immigrant cook. So they basically host cooking classes. We should not be cooking immigrants, okay? <laughs> they basically host cooking classes in their own homes to people who want to learn a different cuisine and culture. So oh, okay. I think it's quite a nice job. Yeah. But fancy that, coming over here, cooking, cooking our food. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Time to move on and do a bit of a quiz. Um, in the last episode, we, I don't think we've touched on it that much, but obviously um, Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Markle, the, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, are planning on sort of effectively leaving the royal family, so to speak. Sussexit, is that what we're calling it? Yeah, weren't they calling it Megxit? Megxit, bit, But that didn't yeah. really include Prince Harry in it, did it really? Perhaps they don't want to be involved in it. Um, but yeah, whatever you want to call it, you know, the... Uh, the Duke, Duke and uh, Duke and Duchess of Sussex are planning on leaving the royal family. And a lot of um, people have said that some of the press stories, particularly in relation to Meghan Markle, are not fair, unjustified. She gets a lot of criticism that's unwarranted. So I thought I would go through various news stories that she's um, been involved in. I'll tell you the news story and a bit of extra information. You've got to say, is it true or is it false? Okay. That's okay. Uh, well, obviously, is it true that there was a story about it in the news? Okay. Oh, I mean, the story itself might be a lot of rubbish, but yeah. It's kind okay. Of, so, um... In October 2018, The Express ran a story about Meghan's stance saying that putting their hands in her pockets on a trip to New Zealand was a step too far. And who, what newspaper was that? The Daily Express. Um, I'm going to go with true. You would be correct. Um, bit of extra information that Hello Magazine once published on its front page a picture of the Queen who got her hands in her pockets. And everyone seemed fine with that. Oh, right, well, okay. So well, Queen can do it. Queen can uh... do it, Meghan Markle, not too, not too keen. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> following a visit to an orphanage in South Sudan in July 2018, Meghan was criticised in the sun for sweating. 
They also showed a picture of Kate Middleton at a child's hospice in Edinburgh and noted that she wasn't sweating, commenting, that's how you fill your, fulfil your royal duties whilst remaining cool. She clearly needs to speak to Prince Andrew uh, yes, cause... about this because he, <laughs> he doesn't sweat, so maybe she could pass on some tips about yeah. avoiding sweating and so on. So what newspaper was this one? Uh, that was in The Sun. Right, okay, so in that case I'm going to say true because they would write some bollocks like that. That is incorrect. Oh. I, com- I completely made that up. But you won't put it past them at the same I w- time. I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, all, all I'd say is that I couldn't actually find a story in relation to this in the sun. I'd right. say it doesn't happen, but I, I, I couldn't see anything on the on the news article I was reading about it. Um, prior to her wedding in 2018, May 2018, Harry and Meghan were taking part in a publicity stunt, according to the Daily Mail, by asking for donations to a landmine charity instead of wedding presents. When William and Kate did the same thing, the same paper described it as a selfless gesture. So did they ask for true or false? They... Uh, but, um, Harry and Meghan asked for donations to a charity instead of wedding presents and uh, the Daily Mail sort of said that it was a publicity stunt but when William and Kate did it the Daily Mail described it as a selfless and what gesture. And what was it for? What they, what they asked for donations towards? Uh, for Meghan and Harry it was a landmines charity. See, if people get that completely wrong and accidentally send them landmines <laughs> it could go pretty wrong. They've got to be very clear about what they want there. When you have, put the box up in here. <laughs> Uh, so let's go, yeah, I think that that was a real story, and that was a real sort of, yeah. That is incorrect. Okay. You're doing so well, yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, to be fair, so many of the stories are total rubbish, even yeah. if they have appeared in the newspaper, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually true, but it's just it has appeared there. In Style magazine wrote in October 2018 that Meghan Markle had broken royal shoe protocol by wearing a pair of wedges. The following year, Kate Middleton was praised for wearing such a versatile shoe were, as, as the wedge. Were the wedges southern fried? <laughs> they got skin on. Oh, skin right, on. okay. Um, but no, the, the the popular shoe oh, right, okay. that uh, consists of... It's sort of like the heel fully connected yeah. up to the front, I think, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The, that's my shoe. I'm going to go with that one, then. Very similar to the hands-in-the-pocket one, so it sounds like a, a realistic thing. Yeah, Royal protocol. Yeah. You are correct. So yeah, criticised for wearing wedges. I think um, I think she wore them on the beach mm-hmm. in Sydney, Bondi Beach. I can't remember where Kate Middleton wore them, but uh, she was yeah. La- price was lavished upon her for wearing the versatile those versatile shoes. So whilst on a royal visit to India in April 2017, Meghan was criticised in the Daily Express for speaking in Hindi to the locals. They said her attempts at speaking their language were patronising. The same paper praised Kate Middleton in 2015 for taking the time and effort to speak in Maori on a trip to New Zealand. Um, oh, so Daily Express, one. Meghan Markle spoke Hindi in India and was criticised for it. In the same paper. Uh, yeah, D- Daily Express, same paper. Let's go true. So, you, that's wrong. <laughs> Made it up. Am I, gonna, I think I've only got one right so far. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the taking part that counts. Yeah. Taking part that counts. Um, on a trip to Cows Week, sailing festival on the Isle of Wight, in August 2018, Meghan was criticised by The Sun for joining in with the general activities at Cow's Week, claiming that her mixing with the upper-class sailors was lacking the common touch and showed she lived in a privileged world. So, the Cow's Week is... Cow's is, Week is... It's nothing to do with actual cows. So, oh, oh, so is, is it where, like, you go and there's uh, Theresa May, there's, uh, <laughs> or, you know... Yeah. Other people you could describe as a cow. Yeah, yeah basically. Uh, no, it's not I, I, I'm going to say the one... The, 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 the other, I can't remember what you call her. The one who's just on Twitter and gives everyone abuse all the time. And, Katie know, Hopkins. That's the yeah. one, yeah. Uh, I, I think she's off Twitter now, isn't she? Is she? I think. And, and she, I, and I saw that, I saw that someone had made up an award for her. I saw that as well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the abbreviation of the award was 
C U N T. Yes. And it said it right behind her, didn't it? She yeah. was collecting the award, which I thought was really funny. And they flew her out and everything didn't to collect yeah. it. Yeah. And obviously she she was happy to accept it until yeah. she yeah probably didn't realise it was a fake award. So Cows, Cows Week Festival is placing cows on the Isle of Wight um, as a sailing festival every year. Um, quite popular with general people who are into sailing and the general um, sort of upper middle class people tends to tends to be that crowd who are, who are into it a little bit more. Um so yeah, she went to the, went to the Cows Week Sailing Festival in August 2018. Megan was criticised in the sun for joining in with general activities in Cows Week, claiming that her mixing with the upper class sailors was lacking the common touch and showed that she lived in a privileged world. The Daily Mail said in 2015 that Kate Middleton looked like she could fit into any social event yeah. when pictured in a similar situation. I'm going to stick with true this time. That's false. Oh, for... <laughs> how, how is this happening? I made it up. You made more up than the real. You were, you're worse than the newspapers, you. It's, I think I think it's a it's a it's about a fifty fifty split between what's true and false on here. So uh, yeah, sort of com- completely made up, but obviously something again that feasibly could yeah. could happen. Um, so in January twenty nineteen, Megan's love of the avocado led to the Daily Mail uh, writing a piece saying that avocados fueled human rights abuse and murder. Previously, the Daily Express had written about how William had kindly given Kate an avocado to help her morning sickness. I'm really confused. Why do avocados cause that? What what was what do they cause? Uh, human rights abuses and potentially murder. Why? Well, I presume it's the growing of it somewhere along the lines that... Not that. Or, or the picking of avocado, it. That... Are they painful to be struck by an avocado? What's, what's, why do you have to get hit by it? I just mean the actual growing and... So not murdering people with avocados? No, I presume it's sort of some kind of... Uh, uh, perhaps avocados are like sort of growing... Drugs. Drugs, yeah. In some... All right, okay. Perhaps it's a popular commodity. Right, okay. Let's go true. True? <laughs> uh, well, it's a ridiculous story, so yes, it is true. <laughs> We've got, we've got three questions left. It'd be nice if you can maybe get sort of at least one of these right. I've just got one so, right then. Two out of two out of seven, I think, you've got <laughs> so far. So, the fact that Harry and Meghan adopted a puppy in November 2017 led to the Daily Express to refer to them as having the latest fashion accessory and raising concerns that someone else will have to look after the puppy when they are away on their royal duties. The Express had previously wrote in April 2016 that William and Kate getting a dog was the perfect addition to complete their family alongside Prince George and Princess Charlotte. So it's almost they... like having it's almost like the newspapers of parents, isn't it? Like <laughs> like you know, liking really favouring one child but not the other yeah. sort of thing. Oh, it, it bothers me that. It just, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go. I'm gonna I'm saying that one's true as well. I think that's true. Yeah. But oh, no, that's that's false. That's fake news. I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know whether any of the royal couples have got dogs. Right, okay. So no, got, too oh, fun. yeah. Uh, I know the Queen's got corgis, yeah. obviously. Too many, probably. Yeah. But if there's any problems with the uh, gas central heating, <laughs> they can pop in and do that, can't they? So that's all right. So uh, the, the Daily Express wrote in May 2018 that the flowers at Harry and Meghan's wedding may have put Princess Charlotte's life at risk. They failed to mention that Kate Middleton and Camilla Parker Bowles both use the same flowers at their wedding. Right. Uh, let's. Is she allergic to certain flowers, then? Is there a thing? I don't know that. Or is it just some? Is it bit? Is it? I I, I believe the story sets. You once bought me some flowers. No, I did not. Yes, you did. Not me directly, but you bought some flowers right. for my household. Right. And they were, they were lilies. All right. Okay. And they are dangerous, and they do make a mess when oh. they get old. <laughs> I remember Sorry. this. I never picked you up on that, did I? Well, I think I'm in danger to catch. I mean, it was but... nice of you to buy the flowers in the first place, but yeah, so maybe it was something like... Let's go true. Uh, you'd be right, it is true. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently that particular type of flower, if it's ingested, um, particularly by children, because 
children are probably stupid enough like, to ingest them. Yeah, like lilies, it can be savage. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> uh, oh dear. <laughs> final, final, final question. <laughs> At least you got something out of this round. Final question. The Spectator magazine wrote an article in 20, November 2018 saying that Meghan Markle wearing a red coat at Remembrance Day service was lacking in class and particularly disrespectful given that it was 100th year since the guns fell silent. The same publication praised Kate Middleton in 2014 for wearing a red coat saying wearing something the same colour as the poppy was a fitting tribute to our veterans. I think, I've, I think I've got into a bit of a habit of just going along with true with this so I'm going to stick with my guns and I'm going to say true. True. You are, of course, wrong. <laughs> that was very much made up. And shortly afterwards, obviously, they went and uh, completed doing the job at Butlins as well. So, in oh, the evening, go, yeah. evening entertainment. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm not aware of. I think she should get criticised for something she wore at her. Uh, she or, does or get head, a lot headwear. of unfair um, criticism, doesn't she? That, uh, you not could, enough, by the sounds of it. You could ar- well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, yes. you could argue is 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 a, is in effect racist. I can't do in a lot of the cases because, uh, and the same sort of thing with uh, um, Raheem Sterling, isn't it? So, yeah. same sort of treatment that he gets compared to other footballers and other and so on but yeah, yeah. there we go so that's some of the things that she's been accused of or, or the double standards that have existed Oh, so, uh, thank you for listening to our podcast today. I think yep. that's uh, everything, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Make um, sure you check out our Facebook page, wasteofwebspace.co.uk, our Twitter account, at wasteofwebspace, if you want to tweet us. Hey. Um, have a look at our video of us on the national news yeah. that, that Fish has put online for us. Stick one, stick your one o'clock uh, lunchtime news on. We might pop up there at some point. You never know. Do, do you know, the, obviously, no, I'm not being funny, obviously, we're a bit annoyed about Northern Rail, the service we've got on the trains, you know, but when push comes to shove, it's only it's only like the train has not been running that well. It's not the it's not the worst thing in the world, is it? Mm. Do you know where the news reporter Danny Savage? Do you know what his next story was after he'd been talking about us going on the trains? He was talking about people who uh, lived in the village of Skipsey, mm. uh, right on the east coast, and their houses were about to fall into the sea, basically, <laughs> and they got no insurance. And if once the house fell into the sea, that was their entire life. And uh, there's us gone. shamefully moaning that we, uh, we get to, to work a little bit late each day. And we have to stand too close to people on the train. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but. Uh, well done for struggling through today. You've not been very well, have you? I've, um, I've managed through just... I've not been very well. Sorry if we've sounded very snotty and very yeah. nasal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even think, I think you've even got like a bit of indigestion coming on. Do you feel that a little bit? No, I don't feel don't feel that bad. But yeah, sure? I, feel, I feel like I need to take some, uh, some more antibiotics and I, I carry feel, on. I do hurts. feel like I've got a little bit of indigestion coming on. So it's a uh, good night from me. It's a good night from him. <laughs> the two Rennies. Hey.